You're listening to A Sure Hope with Pastor Dave Shank of Calvary Chapel, Cape May in Cape May, New Jersey. Join us as Pastor Dave teaches verse by verse through God's Word. now in the spirit and being alive in the spirit I again experience now true fellowship with God the joy the blessing of fellowship with him and all that entails all this in salvation too I can't stand it you keep pouring this stuff out on top of me Lord so walk in the spirit and to walk is the fellowship with God there's the metaphor again walk on the spiritual side of your nature and if you do you won't fulfill the desires of the flesh There's no greater joy than the joy of knowing Jesus and living like Him. God makes it clear that He wants you to live like Him, set apart from the world and living in the light. Pastor Dave is going to encourage you today to make sure people around you see Jesus in your love for them and through your life lived. Now here's Pastor Dave in the book of 1 John chapter 2 as he continues his message, Walk His Way. becomes the standard, if you will, by which we live, the standard by which we conduct ourselves. You know, it kind of reminds me of something long ago, not, well, yeah, seems like long ago, there was a big movement out. What would Jesus do? Well, this is similar to that. How would Jesus walk? Now, I can't walk exactly like Jesus walked. But by the power of the Holy Spirit, I can sure try. I could do my best. I'll never match up to his walk. And he knows that. To walk as Jesus walked means we choose to glorify the Father in everything we do. Regardless of the personal cost, and don't make mistake, there will be a cost. Walking with Jesus means we cannot walk with the evil people we used to play around with. Walking with Jesus means we choose the narrow path instead of the broad path. Walking with Jesus means we don't live to please our sinful flesh. We try to eliminate everything in our lives that does not enhance our walk with him. If something is hindering your walk with Jesus, we get rid of it. We try to get rid of it. What do we do? We apply 1 Corinthians 10, 31 literally. Quote, so whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. Whatever it is. See, God's ways are reflected in our thoughts, our actions, our motivations, our life choices because we spend so much time with him. Like me spending time with my dad and I cherish the time I spent with him. I glean from him those things. I glean from him, including his goofy sense of humor. I glean those things from him. This is what we're to do with Jesus. As we walk close to him, we will glean from him how we're to walk. We will glean from him as we get to know him. So I guess the next question is, how do you do this? How do we walk as Jesus walked? 
How did Jesus walk? How did Jesus walk? John says, he who abides in him ought himself to walk just as he walked. The sign of abiding is to walk in the same way which Christ walked. That doesn't mean do the same things that Jesus did. It means to act from the same principle upon which he acted to reflect the same kind of relationship to the Father that he had. That's a sign of fellowship. True koinonia, spirit-filled fellowship. True oneness with God and Jesus. Jesus spoke about this and John recorded it in his gospel and we studied it at length when we looked at John 14, verses 10 and 11. In John 14, verses 10 and 11, Jesus is speaking. And he says, Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father in me? The words that I speak to you, I do not speak on my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does the works. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father in me, or else believe me for the sake of the works themselves. This is the secret of Jesus' power. This is the secret of how he walked. And this is one of the hardest things for us to learn. How did Jesus walk? In total, unrelenting, unbroken fellowship, complete dependence upon the activity of what the Father was already doing to whom he was one with. There is our example. We need to continue to abide in Christ, to be one with him, so that we can walk as he walked. That's what John is saying in this verse. Why is this so hard to learn? Why do we have so much problem following this? Jesus is always with us. I mean, the Son of God lives within us by the Holy Spirit. Is that correct? One commentator said this, He has come to produce the effect of his death and the power of his resurrection to live again his life in you. But why do we have so much trouble doing this? Why do we have so many problems in trying to get things? Well, for one thing, I think it's our attitude. No, 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 Lord, I got this. I got this. You can relax for a while. Somebody else needs a lot more help than I do. I got this. I'd rather do it myself. Why? Well, that's the way we've been brought up. (laughs) We've been brought up that way. We think in ourselves that we have the idea and the ability to act significantly and that we're thinking that God wants us to do this on his behalf. We're thinking this is what God wants me to do. And if I do this, he'll have more favor in me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He'll like me better. God will like me better if I do this. But if I don't do this, everything's going to fall apart. God can't possibly handle it. And if it succeeds, well, then God should be eternally grateful to me. Look at my faithfulness. But this is our mindset. This is the mindset we have. Instead of just letting him do his thing, this is not what we are called to do. The Christian is called to a quiet, unrelenting dependence upon the indwelling God who will always be at work in us. God is working in you to do his good pleasure. He's working in you, through you. He is working right now, even as we speak. He brought you here for a reason today. 
so that he can impart some truth in you to get you to get closer to him. That's what the entire relationship is about. It is a true relationship. And in a relationship, you want to get as close as you can to the other person. You want to know them. You want to know what they want. You want to know what they like. You want to know everything about them. And that's what's happening here. Fellowship, abiding, walking. See how they're so closely related. How did Jesus do it? How did he do it? Well, Thursday morning, I used this very, very same text to do the devotional. And it came from Luke 4, verse 1. In Luke 4, verse 1, we see this. Then Jesus, being filled with the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. The key here is being led by the Spirit. The key here is being led by the Spirit. Likewise, we are to be completely submitted to the leading of the Holy Spirit. To walk as Jesus walks means to live a life of obedience and of love, all the while under the influence of the Holy Spirit. We are his branches. He is our vine. Apart from him, I can do some things. No. Scripture's quite clear. Apart from him, I can do nothing. But notice the branch never leaves the vine. It's always there. Getting all its nutrients out of the vine. Getting everything that the vine has and wants to give him. The branch accepts it freely. And then all of a sudden, bam, whoa, where'd that come from? This fruit appears. The branch had to do nothing but what? Stay attached to the vine. That's walking as Jesus walked. That's walking as he walked. We have to be completely dependent on him for all things. It doesn't make me a slave. Just the opposite. It makes me more free than I've ever been. It gives me a freedom that I've never known. Free to let him do what he needs to do and free to experience him. We're told in scripture that he has already given us everything for life and godliness. Everything for life and godliness now is in us through the Holy Spirit. Through the Holy Spirit we must submit to him and allow him to live through us. This is not an imitation of life, folks. This is the real life. This is the life that John was speaking about. The real, true Christian life that Christ died for us to have. I have come to give them life and life more abundant. That is the abundant life. My goose quote is this, quote, We are not called to imitate the way Jesus walked on water but his everyday walk with God the Father. We're not going to walk on water, but we can imitate his walk with the Father by being close. The spiritual power evident in the life of Jesus flowed from a faithful, regular, disciplined life of fellowship and obedience. How many times through the Gospels do we read that Jesus gets up in the morning and what does he do? He goes away by himself and gets with the Father. What an example. What an example. Now, maybe you're not a morning person, 
But surely, I'm not calling you surely, but surely sometime during the day, there's got to be some time when you can draw away and get one-on-one with your creator. I can think of a million times that I waste during the day. There's got to be some time when you can draw away and get that oneness. Many of us have a desire to walk as Jesus walked, but we lack something. We lack power. We lack power. Many of us have been born again by the Spirit, and the Spirit is indwelling in us and being now conformed to the image of our beloved Savior. But we are not empowered to walk as Jesus walked, and that's the next thing. There is no wind in our sails. There is no gas in our tank. We have no power. Power comes from the Holy Spirit. When Jesus told the disciples to wait in Jerusalem, for the promise of the Father, to wait and the Holy Spirit will come upon you and will baptize you and you will receive power, dunamis power. The word that we get dynamite from. You will receive dunamis power to be my witnesses. That's the power that we need to walk as Jesus walked. Why is it so important? Well, Paul, in the beautiful book of Romans, says these words that are kind of strong. And I'm going to talk about them for a minute. In chapter 8, verse 14, it says, For as many are led by the Spirit of God, these are sons of God. Whoa. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are sons of God. We call ourselves children of God because we've been born again. That's the definition, right? But are you? So the definition here says that if you're led by the Holy Spirit, remember, I said in Luke 4.1, Jesus was led by the Holy Spirit. Paul was led by the Holy Spirit. Wanted to go to Bethany. No, you can't go. Wanted to go to Asia. No, you can't go. He was led by the Spirit. So what do we have to do? Well, that means that it's time for mirror time. We need to take an inventory of ourselves. We need to look at ourselves. Are we being led by the Spirit of God? Look into the mirror. Can you say, yes, I'm being led by the Spirit? Be careful not to deceive yourself. Be careful not to deceive yourselves. Are you taking the steps and walking in faith? Are you continuing in the newness of life that Christ has given us? Or, possibly, are you grieving, quenching, or ignoring the Holy Spirit? See, that's the opposite. That's the opposite end of the coin. Maybe you've never asked for the power. Maybe you've never asked for the power of the Holy Spirit to do these things. Maybe you're struggling because you haven't asked for those things. Many people claim to be sons and daughters of the Most High God, but they're fooling themselves because they're not allowing the Holy Spirit to be their God and to be their guide. They're not allowing the Holy Spirit to lead them in the truth. Instead, their life is dominated by flesh. The life is dominated by flesh. Paul, remember what Paul says in Galatians? Paul simply said, walk in the Spirit and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Are you walking in the Spirit today? Are you walking as Jesus walked? To walk as Jesus walked means we must be filled and empowered by the Holy Spirit. Our hearts and our minds must be set on things of the Spirit, not on the things of the flesh. Our lives must be controlled by the Spirit, influenced by the Spirit, as we yield and submit to His leading. Why? 
Because when Paul wrote to the Corinthian church, he said this in chapter 2, verse 14, 1 Corinthians. But the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, nor can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. But he who is spiritual judges all things. He that is spiritual understands spiritual things. Try to explain that to a natural man. Try to explain the things of the Spirit to natural man. I'm going to remember, we're going to come to it in The Chosen, when Jesus is sitting with Nicodemus and he says those famous words, you must be born again. And the first words out of Nicodemus' mouth said, how can I be born again? How can a man go back into his mother's womb? And then what was Jesus' response? You're a teacher of Jerusalem and Israel and you don't know these things? The natural man cannot understand spiritual things. That's why it's so important to be led by the Spirit. That's why it's so important to have the Spirit indwelling you and on top of you for power. If you've been born of the Spirit, you can see it. You cannot see the kingdom of God unless you're born again. You cannot understand it as plain as it may be. And because these people you're talking to are not born of the Spirit, they have no understanding because they have no spiritual dimension in their life. And they're struggling. You're talking riddles. You're talking nonsense. It's foolishness. But oh, what a difference it makes when you're born again. What a difference it makes when you enter that kingdom and when you enter that spiritual realm. Then to the spiritual, all things are spiritual. And we look at everything under the spiritual guise and through the spiritual eyes of Jesus Christ. There is a difference in my understanding in the word of God because of the spirit in me. There's a difference in the things I do because of the Spirit of in me. Suddenly, when I've been born of the Spirit, everything is illuminated. Things that once were a mystery, things that I couldn't understand, now they're beginning to come understandable as I seek Him and as I search Him and as I look to Him. They're revealed by the Spirit. They're revealed. The truth of God's heart becomes the truth of our heart. I've got so many verses in the Bible that are my favorite. It really is hard to delineate one or the other. But you got to look at what Paul said to the Ephesian church in chapter 2 in verses 1 through 3. He says, And you he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins, in which you once walked according to the course of the world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience, among whom also we all conducted ourselves in the lust of our own flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, just as the others. As we live to fulfill the desires of our flesh, And of our mind, we were children of wrath by nature. That was our nature. That was who we are. But Paul doesn't leave us hanging there, thank God. Look at 4 and 5. But God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, has made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. How did he raise us up? The same power that rose Jesus from the grave, the Holy Spirit. We've been raised up to become one with him. My spirit has been reborn. I am alive now in the spirit. 
And being alive in the Spirit, I again experience now true fellowship with God, the joy, the blessing of fellowship with Him, and all that entails. How many times have you heard Mark and I say, all this in salvation too, I can't stand it. You keep pouring this stuff out on top of me, Lord. So walk in the Spirit, and to walk is the fellowship with God. There's the metaphor again. Walk on the spiritual side of your nature. And if you do, you won't fulfill the desires of the flesh. You won't have fleshly thoughts. You'll have spiritual thoughts. The flesh won't be ruling over you anymore because you have a choice. You have a choice. These fleshly desires won't dominate your life. Your life will be dominated by the Spirit and thus be dominated by God. This is how Jesus walked. This is how John is saying we ought to walk as well. As we walk, as Jesus walked, we will walk in the light with him. We will not be swayed by the lies of the world, by the lies of the evil one, by the lies of our flesh. Instead, we will have fellowship with our Lord and his blood will continually cleanse us from all sin. As we walk, as Jesus walked, and as we confess our sins, We will not be deceived. As we confess our sins, he will be faithful and just to forgive our sins and to continually cleanse us from all unrighteousness. As we walk, as Jesus walked, we will follow hard after his commandment to love one another. It will not be burdensome. It will be a joy to love those who are in your presence. It will be a joy to share the love of Christ with everybody you come in contact, especially your brothers and sisters. It will be a joy because the love of God will be perfected in you by the Holy Spirit. To walk as Jesus walked, we will know that we know him. It will be secure in our heart. There won't be any question, am I saved, am I not saved? No, we will have settled it. It will be done, and we can walk in that newness of life. We can walk as Jesus walked. We can love those who are around us. We can continue to follow Christ. But more importantly, when we know that we know him, we know that he knows us and that we are in him. Walking as Jesus walked is the real life And it's available to anyone who would call upon his name. Anyone who would call upon his name for salvation, who would confess their sins, who would believe in their heart that God raised them from the dead, would confess with their mouth that Jesus is Lord, you will be saved. Unbelievable. Walk as Jesus walked is walking the true, real life. It's the abundant life, and it's available to all. So when the world continues to tell us to walk this way, walk this way, we need to walk his way, his way. And that's going against the flow. Hence, you have the picture at the beginning of The Chosen of all the white little fish going this way. Hello. And then the ones start to go back this way. Go against the flow. Walk as Jesus walked. Amen? Amen. We'd love to keep studying the Word of God with you again next time on A Sure Hope. In the meantime, we invite you to learn more about this program by visiting our website, assurehoperadio.com. There, you'll find our archive of previous messages from Pastor Dave Shank available to listen to and even share with your friends and family. 
Just look under the Messages tab. You can listen to additional teachings from this series in 1 John or jump into another book of the Bible. A Sure Hope is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cape May. If you're without a church family, we'd love for you to join us this weekend. We meet weekly on Sundays at 8.30 and 10.30 a.m. and We'd be happy to meet you and hear your story. You'll find all the information you need by visiting assurehoperadio.com. Look on our website for directions, as well as the various ministries that we offer. If you live further away or are unable to come in person, we understand and we'd still love for you to be a part of our church family virtually. You can join us for Church Online through Facebook Live and on YouTube. Just follow the links that are available at assurehoperadio.com. Don't forget to like and subscribe to keep up to date with the latest information. Well, this edition is coming to a close, but we're grateful that you've been a part of our listening audience today. Make sure you join us again next time for more from 1 John, where Pastor Dave has more to share about this book. We look forward to that time with you again as your heart is reminded of God's love here on A Sure Hope.